This is something, I think, completely different for you tonight. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, please. And we're just going to lift the first two verses of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Verse 1 says, To everything there is a season and a time, to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Father, take your word as it's been said and write it on our hearts. Glorify the name of Jesus. For his precious name's sake I ask it. Amen. The facts of life, death, and the afterlife. The facts of life, death, and the afterlife. Solomon, writing the book of Ecclesiastes, tells us, notice in verse 2, tells us that there is a time to be born and a time to die. Now, that's a fact. It's a time to be born. That's your life. Fact of life. And a time to die. It's a fact of life and death. And you and I can say, well, here is our date of birth, our day of birth, whatever that may be of yours. And we can even maybe show our birth certificate. And then we know there's going to be a date of our death. That we don't know. We don't know the day. And even if we are given a a time frame by the medical profession, even that, they cannot tell us the exact day nor the hour, but give us a ballpark park figure of when that could be with certain illnesses and the way they're used to treating them. But there's a time to be born, and we are all aware of that because we've all been born and birthed into this world. Some might even be able to tell the very hour that they were born. This really struck me, and my birthday was on Wednesday. So I thought, well, a few others used was, was this week too. And... My birthday was on Wednesday. I was thinking about this in my study as I was writing this. So I thought, I'm going to go back. What day was I actually born in? And you know, I couldn't have told you. My mum's uh, passed away. My dad's passed away. No one could tell me the day. And I don't remember them really telling me or me ever asking. So I thought, I'm going, to, I'm going to research back the way. And so it works out that I was born on a Sunday. The 20th of November, 1966. And my birthday was on Wednesday past the 20th of November, 2019. Yeah, I was 53 on Wednesday past there. Started thinking about this and I sat and thought about my life and much of my life that I wasted uh, uh, with the, the things of the world and unsaved and what I did and then I thought about my conversion to Christ and being born again and what I've done since that and how the Lord has led me and, and various things have come through my mind but I started to wonder what does that mean 53 years? Let me put it like this just counting from those dates now because we've added on since Wednesday obviously I have lived for 19,000 358 days, I thought, on that Wednesday. 19,358 days I have been living on this earth. Then I thought again about it, and I wondered, every second of the day, how many seconds do we have in a day? A 24-hour period. And I counted it up, and we have 86,400 seconds every day. 86,400 seconds every one of us have been afforded every single day we've been living. And that is to praise the Lord with. To serve the Lord with. And to worship the Lord Jesus Christ with. Unfortunately in our sin, we were unconscious of him. Dead in our trespasses and in our sins. But did you know even the unsaved? Did you know the atheist? Did you know the unconverted? Did you know those who are uh, atheist and Marxist and communist and the worst of the worst and all of those people and everyone else unregenerate and unsaved? Did you know 
that every day, every second of their life, God is glorified. That God has given them a witness in their own life and they don't even know it. That no man can stand before God and God be unjustified in deeming one guilty as charged in their sin. So 86,400 seconds in a day. 19,558 days in the years that I'd lived up until Wednesday past. And then I thought, how many seconds have I lived in 53 years? How many seconds are there in 53 years? Now the cogs and the heads start going. And here's what it is. I've lived up until then 1,666,820,800 seconds. Let me say it again. (laughs) 1,666,820,800 seconds I had lived from my birthday when I was born in November, uh, 20th of November, 1966, going by days until Wednesday, the 20th of November, 2019. Over one and a half billion seconds the Lord has given me. The Lord has blessed me with. The Lord has given me life question is how many of those seconds were used by me how many of your life has been used by you to worship him to love him to pray and to read to fellowship with him and with the saints how many of those seconds were used by me to satisfy the flesh and to spend on the world and to serve the devil I wonder how many of those seconds, and I never, I didn't even want to dream to start to count them up. Because I thought of every one of them that were wasted in this life before glory. To satisfy, notice, to spend, and to serve. To satisfy, to spend, and to serve. Self. Society and Satan. Millions of people out there are living to satisfy those things. Now notice this. We all have had in the past 24 hours, it's just past 6.30, and we all have had 86,400 seconds in the past 24 hours. Now think about this, 86,400 in the past 24 hours, seconds. How have you used it? How many have been on worldly issues? How many have been in a state of bitterness and anger? How many have been when you haven't been thinking of God nor coming into a place of worship and praise and fellowship and the reading of his word. I just, it's not a condemnation. I'm saying we all waste the time. And why, that's why Paul says that we must, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Redeem the time. We can't get back that time. But what he means is he says, employ yourself in this life. Employ yourself from now on. Employ your health and your members of your body. Employ your voice and your vocal cords and your family and your finances and all that you have, your time and your effort and your energy. He says, redeem it and employ it unto the kingdom of God. Your times of quiet and your times of fellowship with him. 86,400 seconds we've all had, every one of us, in the last 24 hours. And when we were in the world, we thought nothing of spending 86,400 seconds sitting in a party out of our heads. But if we give more than an hour, sometimes we're wondering when the preacher will shut up. Or when God calls us to the quiet place and to the closet to, to come in to seek his face five minutes, Lord, and that's all you're getting. Have you thanked God today during one of those seconds? 86,400. 
Have you thanked God for your life? The breath in your body. Listen, do you know how many seconds are in one year? I've done some counting, haven't over the last few days. Do you know how many seconds are in one uh, rounded up year? You ready? 31 million. 536,000 seconds in a year. How have we spent the year? How have we spent it in purpose serving the Lord Jesus Christ? God has given us from the moment of birth. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 2 says, There's a time to be born. But listen, and I hope you're listening, Christian. Life didn't start at your birth started at conception. Life, your life, and the life of millions of little ones who are being exterminated in the womb started at conception. In nine months, we know some come a little later. Some babies come a little earlier. Some... Uh, or maybe weeks before or a week or whatever it is afterwards. Ladies, you could tell me better than I would know. But notice, God has given us life at the moment of conception. And counting nine months, you ready? In the mother's womb, the life has been there of that child for 23 million 667,714 seconds within nine months. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 139 and verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. The womb should be the safest place for a child on earth. But rather the womb is becoming a holocaust center for the children in the womb. Amen, church. Verse 14. I will praise thee, says the psalmist, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance, notice, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. That just gives the idea of lowest parts of the earth as you made me as though I was in the lowest parts of the earth and the lowest parts of my mother's womb. You were making me, fashioning me, forming me, even when my mother didn't know if she was pregnant or not. You were already giving me life. And then it says in verse 16, Thine eyes did see my substance. No, notice, you know my substance, now your eyes have seen my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written. God knew exactly the little arms and the legs and the hands and the feet and the fingers and the toes and the little tongue and the eyes and the nose and the mouth and the ears of every little one. God says they're in my book. And he's seen the substance. In other words, they were not fully formed, not a blob, not a fetus, but a baby, a life. And God has seen it. The psalmist is looking back through the Spirit of God, telling him to write on sacred page the words of the living God to tell you tonight that God knows every little one that's been aborted, the millions of them. Notice he says in verse 16, And I did see my substance yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written. Notice which inconvenience were fashioned over these seconds. 23,667,714 seconds in nine months within the mother's womb. Everyone, he says, were in continuance where you were making me. You were starting to fashion me. 
but you'd given me life from the start. Well, it's in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. And when I awake, I am still with thee. Now listen, when I awake, thinking of a baby in a womb, thinking of a baby being fashioned and formed, and thinking of all the wee babies, wee Isaac just the way out there. Little Elijah here. We can go on, little Grace, we can go on and on and on, the little babies. Notice, the Lord thinks upon them. Great sums in the Father's head of the thoughts of every little child. He says, if I should count them, they are more than number than the sand. When I awake, does that mean when I am born and birthed into the world? I'm awake. This life form has now had its body covering. As Job says, you've fenced me in with bones and sinews. And now you've given me through the birth canal of my mother. And I cry unto thee, O God. The very first cry of the baby is unto God. Did you know that? I'm going to show you it in a little second. Notice this. When I awake, I am still with thee. Here the psalmist is telling us, the Spirit of God is showing us the omniscience of God. The omniscience of God. That is God who is all-knowing. The all-knowing, ever-present, ever-living God. Notice, nine months, 23,667,700 seconds. When I awake, I'm still with thee. When I'm born... The life form cries unto God, he says. The life that's in the baby cries unto God. It means when some think, it's when I go to sleep at night as an adult and I awake, I'm still with you. And that's fine. Yes, we go to sleep as believers. We know that we're still with them because God keeps us in our sleep. Of course. When I'm unconscious of ye, thee during the day, oh God, that, that you're always conscious of me. And, and so at those times, Turn my face to you. Uh, You're always there. Of course. I'm still with you. Of course. Life. Let me put it like this. Natural life. Physical life. Comes from God. Life is a gift of God. And that's a fact of life. Will you turn with me to Genesis chapter 2 please. Genesis chapter 2. Verse 7. Just for time's sake. Genesis 2 and verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Notice, and the Lord God is Yahweh Elohim. The Lord God, Lord for Yahweh. Elohim is the great creator. God, the great creator, now comes in redemptive name. Yahweh. Comes to make himself known to man. The Lord God formed man. The word man is Adam. Adam. It means red, earth, but it also means one to show blood in the face as to blush. God formed a man who could blush. Of the dust of the ground, the word ground is the word Adama, which means, again, red earth. And breathes, notice God forms him and breathes into his nostrils the breath of life. And Adam, Adam man, became a living soul. Adam was not born in a womb. He was fashioned fully by God. God breathed into his nostrils and Adam man became a living soul. The word soul there is the word nephesh. It means he became a person of life. A person alive. One with a mind. One with a heart. He became a, a man with a will. And with a desire, Adam 
became this man. Notice the primitive root for nefesh, nefesh is nefash. Now listen, this is what it means. It gives the idea to take a breath or to refresh oneself. God makes the man and breathes into Adam man. The breath of life. And it gives the idea that Adam man became... <gasps> you see it? Just a vessel. He breathes into it. Same as a wee baby in the womb. God gives it life. And when it comes out of the womb, the first thing it does is... <gasps> takes the breath. Notice. Notice. Adam was fashioned, formed, and filled to fellowship with the Lord. He sinned in the garden and brought forth death. Death in the spirit between him and God, yet he was alive as a man. And they were separated. Then came physical death in latter years. That Garment of light was gone. And now the blood would show on his face at the shame of his sin. The life is now in the blood. The life is in the blood. For example, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, the Apostle Paul speaking to the Ephesian church. Listen to what he says. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. You were walking according to the course of this world, according to the course of the prince of the power of the air, he says, and so on. This was, you were living, you were alive, you were walking in the world, you were doing the things of the world, getting on like the world, you were sinning like the world. He says, oh yeah, you were a living being. But the Holy Ghost came and quickened you out of your deathly state before God. The word here for you hath he quickened is the word zuapoyo. And it means to reanimate. For example, when man became a living soul in Genesis 2 and 7, when Adam man became a living soul, the Latin word for, uh, for living soul or the word for soul is the word anima. Anima. And it means uh, to animate. <laughs> Believe it or not, it means to animate. God breathed into Adam. He became a living soul before God and it was lost at the fall in the garden. And it means to animate. And that loss, that death that came, the Holy Ghost came and quickened the souls of men and women like you and like me. And it means in zoopolio in the original text, the Greek, and it means he made us alive again unto God from our deathly state to behold the Lamb. It means he quickened us. And it means in the original text, he, you ready? Anima means animate. That's where we get our word animation from. He reanimated us, is the words of Poyo. Paul is looking back at the garden. And Paul is saying, listen, seed of Adam man. Listen, those with Adam's germs and Adam's sin coursing through their veins. He said, Adam was lost and Adam died. He was animated and he died. But now in this side of the cross he breathes life into man in the spiritual sense. And man is reanimated back to God. I showed you the illustration before. I'll do it quickly. You know when you get the wee stick man and you draw it on a page the wee man with his wee arms and legs. You know. You have him like this and he's like that. And then the next page you draw him again and is maybe his legs like that, and you draw him in the next page, and he's maybe like that, and then the next page he's like that. And when you get all your pages, by the time you're finished and you flick them all, the wee man that was dead, stiff, and wouldn't move, now he's walking like this. Reanimated. That's animation. God did that with Adam, man, in the garden. And that was lost, and now in Christ, the Holy Ghost has quickened us again and reanimated us unto our Father. Breathe in us the breath of life. The gift of salvation, the gift of life. Salvation, eternal life, brothers and sisters, is a gift. A 
that's a gift from God. Notice, God gives life. That's a fact of life. God gives life. Job 33 and 4 says, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. Stay with me a moment. So in the last 24 hours, we have had 86,400 seconds to see what we do with that life before God. In the last hour, we have had 33,600 seconds. In the last hour from we come in, almost an hour coming up, it's only 15 minutes we're in. Some of us in only 40 minutes. Because we're late. But then there was an accident on the road. And in the last minute... We have had 60 seconds. 60 seconds when we have heard how God formed Adam man and breathed into his nostrils and Adam man became a living soul, a nephesh, alive unto God, lost and damned. Yet Christ hath come and shed his blood and sent forth his Holy Spirit into our lives to behold the Lamb of God that we might be born again. I wonder in the last minute, have you praised the Lord? Have you worshipped him? Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you, Lord, for this life you've given me. Glory to God. The average heartbeat. I know there's nurses and medical profession here, but I'm taking it on an average. Your heart might go up if you're running. If you're like me, it goes up getting off the satinoi. The average heartbeat is between, some say, 60 to 100 beats per minute. So let's take it around 80 in the middle. 80 beats on average per minute. That's 4,800 beats per hour your heart has been beating. From you've almost come in here. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. The life is in the blood, you see. Boom, boom. God has given a witness of every heartbeat you have that he is God. Bum, 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 bum. In the last 24 hours, God has allowed your heart to beat 115,200 times. 24 hours. We don't think about it, sure we don't. You sit watching your TV or you, you do what you do and we don't think about it unless we exert ourselves and feel that little beat. Or we get anxious and we feel that beat. We don't think about it, but it continually beats by the grace of God. This week alone, in the last seven days, God has afforded your heart to beat 806,400 times. 806,400 times this week alone on average. Just this week alone. I wonder, can a man is that in 53 years? I never counted it. I never counted it. On top of all of this, you're sitting breathing air. Your lungs are breathing air. Psalm 150 and verse 6 says, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath, brother, let everything that hath breath, sister, praise the Lord. Mom, praise him tonight. But listen, takes on a different note. For example, did you know that every breath you take, it's a witness that there's a God? Let me explain it to you. Do you know every breath you take, you're calling on the name of God? Every breath, you're calling his name. Well, how do you work that out? It's like this. So the Hebrew consonants, there's no vowels, Hebrew consonants for the, the sacred name of God have been worked out to be, in our letters there's Y-H-W-H, which be Yahweh. For Yahweh, as we put our vowels in there to try and make it into our English, but it's Yahweh. Yahweh. Do you ever go to the doctor? I need you to catch this. Do you ever go to the doctor and maybe the doctor says, what's wrong? He said, oh, I think of an infection in my chest or something like that. So they get the stethoscope on and he gets you 
to roll up your shirt or whatever, or take it off, and he, he comes to the front of you and he says, breathe in, breathe out, and go around the back and try different parts of your back. Breathe in, breathe out. You know, and then he would say, take a deep breath in, and deep breath out. Take a deep breath in, and a deep breath out. Now notice, you ready? The consonants of Yahweh, Wahe. Yahweh. I watch. I'm not very good at doing this, but I'm going to try. Doctor says, take a deep breath in. Are you hearing it yet? Notice. That's what he hears. Yahweh. His name is breath. Yahweh. That's what it means. Even the atheist that spits against heaven, even the vulgar and the vile and the chiefest of sinners who hates Christ and his gospel, even those who deny there is a God, who deny the person of Christ, who deny the precious blood of the Lamb, all of those people every day, even unwittingly, sitting in pubs and clubs and nightclubs, going to places of ill repute and getting up to no good with every breath they have been allowed and afforded to take, even consciously or unconsciously, they are calling upon the name of Yahweh. Yahweh! 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 God breathed into Adam man. That's what it means. God breathed into Adam, and Adam, man, became a living nefesh, a living breath. Yahweh. Yahweh. God breathed into every human being, but it's only those who have had and experienced the breath of the Lord, the Holy Ghost, that are born again to behold the Lamb. Every sinner, they see the man in work or the woman that you work with and they hate to hear the name of Jesus and they downrightly curse and swear and blaspheme his name. Little do they know when they're even eating their lunch, they're calling on him. And that is a witness in the heart of every man that God can bring before them and say, you called my name. You called it. And you called it 20 breaths on average per minute. 1,200 breaths per hour. 28,800 breaths per day. 201,600 breaths per week. You called Yahweh. Man will be deemed guilty before God who knows not Christ. For he breathed into his nostrils and man became a living soul, a living breath. That's what it means. Yahweh, breathe on me, breath of God. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew That I may love what Thou dost love And do what Thou wouldst do We breathe on average 20 breaths per minute. 
and 28,800 for 24 hours. And this in Proverbs 27 and verse 1, the Lord warns us, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. When the breath stops, when a baby comes into the world, they breathe the name of God, they're alive, a life in the womb, but when they're birthed, <gasps> and I spoke of it a little this morning, and I've been to many a bedside where people have passed away. I've even lifted my own mother thinking, well, she had just passed away in front of me, and I lifted her, and the final breath came out in my arms. Oh. And I also done it with one of my sisters, Alison was with me. I said, she's passed, and I put my arms around her, and I lifted her, and she went, Oh. The breath had expired. And this life was over. And she fell asleep in the sleep of death. This breathing, it's what's known as a corporeal breathing. It's fleshy because they don't know God. Those who are unsaved. God affords them breath. Man whose breath is in his nostrils, whose heartbeat is not promised the next one, shakes his fist at heaven and spits against God. But the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. It's the facts of life. It's the facts of death. Men and women must come to know Christ as their own Lord, personal Savior, receiving the gift of eternal life to be with Christ and his kingdom. Are you saved? Five quick points, very quickly. For life, death, and the afterlife. One, you must know you are a sinner. Two, you are surely going to die should Jesus tarry. Three, you will be judged. Four, you cannot save yourself from the judgment, nor the punishment. And five, your only hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. You're a sinner. Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 tells us, Wherefore, as by one man, that is, Adam man, by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So we are under a sentence. It's not good to know that Christ, on the third day, up from the grave, he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain. He lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. It's good to be able to sing that, isn't it? O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? O in Christ, brothers and sisters, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. He who gave himself up for us. Notice, you're a sinner. Secondly, you're going to die. Death passed upon all men. said our last reading, Job 34 and verse 22 says, There is no darkness nor shadow of death where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. Job 38 and verse 17. Have the gates of death been opened unto thee? 
Or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? I said, I've been to many and I've watched them. Eyeball to eyeball when they were able. I've watched them, some maybe gasping for breath. Others crying because of what lay ahead of them and the fear of this enemy that would grab them and and draw them into the darkness. I've been with many in hospitals, in homes, and in houses. But I've been with those that have known the Savior. And they have said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Death is a spot of sleep to those in Christ. Death is but a sleep. Romans 6 and 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Oh, what a door to shut in the face of Adam man. And Adam's race. What a door to shut in the face of mankind. The wages of sin is death. No hope. No help. But Christ hath come and conquered the grave. The wages of sin is death and the door swings open. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 26. Tells us of that last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. John 8 and verse 21. Listen to the Lord Jesus. He said to the Pharisees, I go my way. And ye shall seek me and ye shall die in your sins. I trust there's no one either watching live or later or in this room tonight. I trust there's no one who will die in their sins. But rather they'll come to know the Savior. They'll come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their own Lord and personal Savior. That they'll come finding themselves winding their way to the foot of the old rugged cross. And by faith uh, coming under the fountain of blood and being cleansed from all their unrighteousness. I go my way and ye shall seek me and ye shall die in your sins. Whither I go ye cannot come. Did you hear that? When you enter that veil, without Christ you cannot come. In verse 24 of John 8 he says, You shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, that he is in italics, that means if you believe not that I am. Nobody's saying if you don't believe that I am. The great I am. You shall die in your sins. Notice, those who deny the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ are not saved. Think about it. Jehovah's Witnesses. Not saved. Muslims. Not saved. Ready? The Jews. Judaism. Denying Christ. Not saved. Unitarians. Not saved. He says, if you deny me, if you deny who I am, you can't come to where I am and you'll die in your sins. Thirdly, you will be judged. Acts 17, verses 30 and 31 says, In the times of ignorance God winked at, but now God commandeth all men everywhere to repent. God's not asking you to repent. Listen, God doesn't even really plead with you. Men plead with you. God tells you. It's as simple as that. We plead with you because we, we get an idea of what lies ahead. We plead with you. But God doesn't plead. He may plead to come to his, with his people, come and talk to me, reason together. But that's his people. But he's commanding everyone, everywhere to repent. Verse 31, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. Who's that man but the Lord Jesus Christ? Second Timothy 4 and 1 tells us the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in kingdom. Notice the judgment isn't now. The judgment is at the coming of the Lord. That's what it says here. At the appearing, he's going to judge the quick or the living. Those who are alive and those who have died. He's going to take them and he's going to bring soul to body or body to soul. And he's going to, he's going to quicken them. And they're going to stand before him. That's what the scripture says. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the living and the dead, or the quick and the dead, at his appearing in his kingdom. Hebrews 9 and 27, as it was appointed unto men once to die. But after this, after that veil, the judgment. Fourthly, you cannot save yourself. Listen, John 3 and 19, the Lord Jesus says, Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Romans 5 and verse 6 says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Without strength. Ephesians 2 and 1 tells us that man is dead in his sins. We looked at it earlier. You have he quickened who were dead in your trespasses and in your sins. Dead men can't speak. And dead men can't move. And dead men can't help themselves. And we're all dead in our trespasses and our sins. And but the Holy Ghost comes and breathes on us. Ephesians 2 and verse 3 tells us we are by nature the children of wrath. That is the, the nature there means that, that is the fusus. It's the word fusus. You're from Adam's race. So you're from Adam's genes. And you've got Adam's germs. In other words, you fell when Adam fell and you died when Adam died. 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. We cannot understand spiritual matters, even the natural man. Receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, and not of works, lest any man should boast. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. Not of works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Isaiah 64 and 6. But we are all as an unclean thing. And our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. You know what Spurgeon said about that last line? If our righteousnesses are so bad, what must our unrighteousness be? Our righteousness is as filthy rags. And if that's so bad, and it takes us away like the wind, what must our unrighteousness be? We are as filthy because of our sinful condition. You cannot save yourself. And lastly, your only hope is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. For example, John 14 and 6, we could rhyme it off, couldn't we? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Peter Christ, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Colossians 1 and 27 reminds us as Christ in you is the hope of glory. John 3 and 36, Jesus said, He that believeth on the Son hath ever life, everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And in Hebrews 7 and 25, Wherefore, he is also able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for us. So here we find five facts of life, death, and the afterlife. So poses the question and poses the question. Job 14 and 10. You ready? Send this as closing. Job 14 and 10 says, But man dieth and wasteth away, yea, man giveth up the ghost. And where is he? Awaiting judgment. 
awaiting a glorious resurrection on the life. Where is he? For example, Matthew 18 and 8, Jesus speaks of those being cast into everlasting fire. Matthew 25 and 41 tells us of everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Matthew 25 and verse 46 says, These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. John 3 and 16 tells us that who believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3 and 36, he that believeth in the Son hath everlasting life. John 6 and 46, he that believeth on me, Jesus says, hath everlasting life. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 7 speaks of those who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. Thank the Lord, Hebrews 13 and 20 tells us there's the blood of the everlasting covenant. The angel of Revelation 14 and 6 with the everlasting gospel. I finish with a scripture, 2 Peter 1 and 11. So for an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly, notice abundantly, into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So man dies and wastes away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost. Where is he? Where would you be? Where would you be? Everlasting punishment? Everlasting fire. Everlasting life. With Christ. Which is far better. You've been given all those seconds. You've been given all those heartbeats. You've been given all those breaths of your lung. You've been given it to serve the great creator God. Who came in the person of his son. And died on the cross for you. Do you know him? Do you know him as your saviour? May God bless his word to us tonight. And write it on our hearts for Jesus' sake. Amen.